This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Zupan's, which, by the way, I urge anyone to be part of their news Z feed, N-E-W-Z feed. There's not a time that I don't go in there and go, oh, what was their free thing this week? Mm-hmm. And like right this week, it's Albacore tuna. I've gotten a free steak before. Yeah. I wouldn't get one. To, I mean, we're talking about a real New York steak. Right. Before, um, uh, sometimes some oranges. So whenever you're thinking about saving some money, that's where you got to go. Go to the news Zafid. It's definitely one of those signups that you need to be part of because you're never going to be bothered by it. Yeah, and it's free good stuff. Also check out zoopans.com, which is where you sign up for the news feed for their Seller Z events taking place at Burnside and Lake Grove at Burnside in March, Venado Regional Dinner, and at the Lake Grove location in March, Cheese and Wine Pairing Event. So definitely a lot of things going on there. I was at the Lake Grove uh, location not too long ago because I'm lucky, Chris. I go home, I can go by the Burnside. When I'm at home, I'm close to the Lake Grove location. Went out there the other day for some weekend shopping. Really nice older gentleman was bagging up my groceries, and uh, he was double bagging it because I had some heavy stuff, some olive oil and all that. And uh, he uh, double bags it, but he's not quite getting the bags to fit. And finally, he I, I think he just kind of gave up. But he got all my stuff in there. It was packed really nicely. And then he says, pulls me aside. He's like, I'm s- sorry, man. It looks like shit. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Everything's double bagged yeah. there. So uh, when you walk out, you never have. It's like some of the grocery stores will tell you, watch the handles. Right. And I think, well, what's the purpose of that if I got If you know and, that ahead of time. Right. So and yeah. the, the place out in Manzanita, I'm going to say this. I actually had the guy, he's, they stack it so high, so you have to carry it from below. And I, it was revealed that the, the the checkout person said, oh, they told us to use as few bags as possible because they cost 17 cents a oh. pop. And I'm like, that really was a negative. And it's the exact opposite of Zupan's where everything they're doing and my experience has been everything they're doing is to make your experience better. It true, double bagged, double bagged. Whether you're whether it's in the checkout thing or whether you're in the the dairy area and they've, you've got questions or are you hitting the the butcher block, they'll answer all your questions. I mentioned before, I got a couple of pieces of swordfish. First thing he said is, "Do you want these? Do you want these uh, vacuum sealed for your freezer?" Because he knew knew you weren't going to be eating. All exactly. of them at once. So that's yep. that's a that's a that's a market going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Three locations: McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, and of course, always zoopans.com. It is time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. We like to call it Right at the Fork because that's its name. We kind of hope you like to call it that too when you're telling other people about it. Yeah, what I would hope (laughs) is that when you're listening to your GPS and it tells you to take a Right at the Fork, you're like, oh, that's my favorite podcast. Right, and what you may not know because we kind of mention it in the background, but when we ask guests to come on, we tell them we would prefer that they don't use the word amazing. Yeah. Because for years, that's we would hear some guests say it 20 times in an interview. And then we kind of thought that might be a nice little marketing thing. Sure. Is that every time, now if someone knows that and they hear other people say that word, because it, it's gonna it's a, out there a lot, yeah. they'll think of the podcast. There so we go. So maybe you will. Every yeah. time you hear the word amazing, think of right at the fork mm-hmm. and then listen. Yeah. Because you'll hear an episode like you hear today. Yep. Uh, with Chardel Dews of Red Sauce Pizza. Yep. Uh, up on in Cully, 
uh, well, she'll talk about what it's right across the street from, and she'll talk about, it was actually interesting to hear the interplay between pizza jerk and red sauce pizza. Yeah, we, th- there was some information we didn't know about. It was really interesting to find out how that all came together. Who came first, yeah. how they learned about the other one yep. being across the street. So we hear that in this podcast. So, um, and she, uh, Char, Chardel, Char, whatever you'd like to call her, you can t- call her a great pizza maker. Um, and um, it's an interesting interview hearing uh, her her journey from Vancouver right through a pizza shoals to a few other jobs that she had, new seasons and so forth. Yep. Right to being a, and, and she talks about her challenges as a, uh, a woman owning a business, especially a pizza business in Portland. So she pulls no punches in this interview, which is another reason why it's great. No, and she pulled no punches when she gave us the ding dongs too. Yeah, that was, oh man, that was a. Uh, yeah, I, t- I texted her afterward and I said I just embarrassed myself eating that thing because you actually shared yours. Right. Well, I I still had a few more hours at work <laughs> and I just I excused myself to a back room and I just went to town. Can I say this uh, just in in all um, with a little humility? I was going to down the whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, my son's a big guy, and he could, would enjoy it. Right. Uh, he's actually not a heavy guy. He's just, just tall a tall guy. guy. So he can eat a lot. Yeah. And I actually realized that the night that I had it, which was a couple of weeks ago now, I was going to Bistro Agnes's open. So I figured, I'm going to have dessert tonight. I don't mm. need to finish this whole thing. It's very nice of you. Right at the Fork is brought to you by... Zupans, unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Okay. Well, it's all right. You're here, and we're good. And it's a Monday. How are you feeling on a Monday? Oh, How was your weekend? It was good. Monday's the start of my week, so I have Fridays and Saturdays off, so... Right. Um, just started doing that, but uh, Monday's interesting. We just started opening up this probably, I want to say, our third month doing Mondays. We used to be closed Mondays and Tuesdays. We crept up and did Tuesdays. They went, well, we started doing Mondays. Now they're doing better than our Wednesdays and Thursdays, so go figure. And how long? How long? How much is that data that you get to go by to determine that? Can that change? Like it can yeah. probably change over the summer, I would imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, predicting how busy we're going to be based on we're two years now of numbers is a good guideline, but it surprises me every time. And then when you go back and look at your year figures of what was your biggest months, it always shocks me. Uh, it's usually August and for pe- October. For pizza are your biggest months, August. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> there's no explaining that one unless you have an explanation for it. I don't I know. You know, I feel like when we're slow, I'll always try to justify something. There's a Blazer game. You right. know, uh, it's a big food town. I'm I'm happy just to have my doors open and be successful and pay my bills and pay myself and be my own boss. You know? That's a good thing. How long have you been? So just this job, just 
and not yep. just, but since you you opened Red Sauce. Yeah, I the was first time you're your own boss. Oh yeah, I was at New Seasons. I was the fourth manager in the meat department. Quit a pizza shoals counting. <laughs> yeah, quit a pizza shoals to go work there. And how long were you at Shoals? Uh, four years. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. is that is that where you cut your pizza teeth? Shit, I've been making pizza since I was eighteen. I, I actually this morning I added up. I've been at seven pizzerias. Wow. Uh, throughout the course of my life, it was my first job, and like I say, it'll be my last job. Well, I can say that in junior high school we started hanging out at Village Pizza. Yeah. And when I was listening to, I'm not even going to tell you what the music was. <laughs> what was it? Well, the only thing I can remember <laughs> is because we were young, stupid kids. Uh, I remember listening to Chuck Berry and my dingling, but that was before my time. This was <laughs> that's been a, around a while. That's a that's a timeless classic. That could be it happening is. right now, Chris. Right. What, are you, what are you talking about? Exa- no worries. Exactly. So I, but I remember that. So when we, and how about this? I remember we were all. Like eight of us would hang out there for three hours, yeah, and see how much we money we could get together to buy like a soda and pizza and stay there for the three <laughs> like conglomerate and just stay at the table. And I think it was like a whole four dollar issue. For oh yeah, back when I was there. Oh yeah, you always have that. Pizza has such a childhood memory. I think everybody has a childhood memory because. And this, I think, correlates to why we can have so many different successful pizzerias. <laughs> there is a shit ton of pizzerias in Portland. There's yeah, a lot there of good are. ones and there's a lot of crap pizzas. There, but I moved here in 05 and that was not the case. It was not the case. Uh, not even close. There was, I mean, I, uh, I, where I lived, there was a pizzicato nearby. So we'd go there. Yeah. And then I learned about a, a pizza shawl. So that yeah. was cool because yeah. I'm from New Haven. So yeah. you know that. So Yeah. Um, or from that area. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago. Now, all of a sudden, my, my complaint about being able to find great pizza, and now I'm left with lobster rolls, and those are starting to come around, too. But you can find <laughs> yeah. a lot of good pizza here. There is. It's, uh, I'm hoping that the market doesn't get more saturated, but it's becoming harder and harder to start a restaurant. Period. Uh, no matter period. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of... I had I had some good luck in finding mine. I don't know if you know the history, but that's the it's it was Bob's Pizza. And Where you are, yeah. And then you go put the upside down sign on there just I've, to make sure everybody knows there's something else going on. Yeah, funny enough, I had this guy about three months ago email me about how he lived in the neighborhood and he was so irate that I had the sign upside down. And I wrote him back and I was like, dude, <laughs> you don't even know the history of this neighborhood. We put that sign upside down because we found it in the garage. It's the original sign. And we wanted people to know we want to do this how it was back then. It was the right way. Okay. Because two owners had bought it and they just, they fucked it up, man. They, it, I. And how long ago was it Red Sauce? I never, I didn't know that I was, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you where that name came from because oh, yeah. it's fairly obvious. Yeah. Well, but, uh, to me. But it uh, has another story. There, there's a couple things. I, man, I look back at the list I had to call what names I had and they were just stupid. And then one day I said Red Sauce and I was like, oh, that's it. It's, I wanted, uh, well, first oh, so of, it wasn't, you didn't find that sign from a pe- from a red sauce pizza that was there years ago. No, no, that was Bob's pizza's oh. original sign. And his idea to hang it upside down was so that people would come in and ask him questions. Okay. I guess. Why do you got that sign upside down, Bob? And he, and it was genius. It's mm-hmm. good marketing. 1971. I've done that. You know, I was in advertising and I've done oh, that with yeah. ads before. Yeah. Just put them upside down. So 
people have to Do go people out of get their angry way to read about it? it. I don't know, you know, but and and it's not a good ploy, but often you'd look at ads and go, this would be better upside down. Yeah. Because with all the stuff on this page and a print yeah. ad. So yeah. I think it was smart and you notice it. Well, and, and it was free. You know how much a sign is to put up when you have no money to start a restaurant? Right. I found it and I felt like it was a gift from God, you know? The well, not really. Gods. The pizza gods. But the, going back to the red sauce thing was the first pizzeria I worked at was Vancouver. No, that wasn't the first one I worked at. But the, the one that stuck with me the most that I actually, I was a kid and I worked my way up to manager uh, they called it. They call it red sauce on the menu. Instead of tomato sauce, it always said red sauce. It starts mm-hmm. with red sauce, then your cheese, and uh, I guess I just wanted to do a flip on that. And that I don't. I, pizza's got to have red sauce for me. Well, you're serving pizzas with white sauce. I saw. I went. I, am, I went last night. I had so to. that I had. A, I had to. So I, because I really wanted the pizza to be fresh on my mind when yeah. we were talking. Oh yeah, I'm glad you good. came in. Yeah, it was great. So, but I saw white pizzas go by with stuff like pineapples yeah. and honey and uh, salt all kinds and of I, shit. And I'm like, you know, I'm. A, I have tried a couple of strange pizzas that I thought, okay, I get it. But for me, it's like sausage, mushroom, onion. We've had this discussion before, Court. What's your what are you going to order as the benchmark when you go in? I, I either do, I'll do a um, uh, a pepperoni. Right. Yeah. You know, just classic pepperoni. Because but you, I, can, you yeah. can, yes. But I but I love a good sausage. Like a yeah, good yeah sausage you got to have pizza. a good sausage. I'm not a big, I, I'll, I'll bring my nine-year-old for the cheese because I, I got to have something else on my pizza. Well, you know, Brian Spangler, that's what he likes to order. Just, is cheese. just cheese. Because yeah. then he said it's, it's. It's pure, and you're getting you're learning about the crust. Well, and and you can get a true idea. I mean, food and food in general is all about balance, right? And you know how there's nothing worse than going into a place you're like, that's not how I had it that one time, right? You know, you got to measure all that stuff. And a cheese pie, you can taste the sauce if they cooked it properly. Uh, The cheese ratio, you got to measure your cheese. How the crust stands up. That's important to me. Yours yours does. We had a sausage. Pizza last night and it was still oh, good. Up. Good. And you know, d- dough is a tricky thing. Uh, and you're not always going to have good dough days. So that's one of the hardest parts is I have to train someone else to think and work like I do and make this product that I can really be, you know, proud of. And some days you're just, you're going to fall short. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that I, I just try to do the best I can and uh, try to teach these other people how to make good pizza, you know? And, and have fun while they're doing it. And that's tough. And the thing is, as you already alluded to, people are very critical of pizza because everybody thinks of themselves as an expert because they've had oh, so shit. much, right? All these, so, <laughs> these pizza clubs and uh, pizza blogs and rating people. And I actually, it brings us business. Yeah. Um, so I used to like, I think because we're across from Pizza Jerk, everybody has always lumped us together and against each other. Good. I'm glad you brought that up because I yeah. wanted to bring that up because it was about a year ago or or you, right when you opened, Tommy was complaining that they always put the two of you together. How could they not? I yeah, mean, like... They, that's what I said. I said, first of all, it's good for both of you because when they talk about red sauce, they're talking about pizza jerk. And it's, <laughs> well, you know, do you want to know the funniest thing is they, and I love Tommy and I respect what they do. I Let's just say Tommy Habits, who owns Pizza Jerk, because we can't assume everybody knows that. We've yeah, we've yeah. learned that on this podcast in our fourth year. We can't just assume <laughs> that everybody knows who, what, a, what a first name goes to. So. Yeah. 
Um, what were you going to say? No, you were talking and oh, I interrupted you. I'm well, sorry. Well, I'll tell you, this is a funny backstory. I was working at the meat department. I didn't know Tommy. I knew he was going to open up, obviously, a pizzeria because it's in every eater article. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, the guy could take a dump and Eater would be like, update, you know? And uh, so he came They have a new editor. Maybe that's a hook that they can use to get, or they're getting a new they've editor. Got a, they've got a quota every single day. Might as well. Might as well. Right. I haven't heard that one. Best. Well, hey, we have seen the know. best bathrooms. So. Oh, they should come into one of our bathrooms. P- side note, someone is drawing penises all over our side bathroom. There's <laughs> reason for someone to jump right over. Talk about, <laughs> you didn't have a, you didn't have a previous career in publicity, I don't think. No, but I did have my own radio show. Okay. Uh, I did this public broadcasting where people would call in for re- uh, relationship and life advice that I would give them my best shot. And but, what was your what were your qualifications for that? Uh, <laughs> There's the answer right there. I did go to college for eight years and just got a bachelor's degree, so I had a lot of social experience. I have a lot of college for eight years is relationship. <laughs> well, is... you do a lot of partying. You do a lot of. What does that have to do with actually how to get along? Life experience. I mean, I could help you with your relationship. Maybe you're not doing so well with your okay. girlfriend or whatever. And so I, I've done radio long enough to know that your qualification was the fact that you had a radio show and a microphone in yeah. front of your face. That's all that mattered. Well, that's, that's all the, that you well, need. That's the, I wasn't asking about the qualification to do a radio show. <laughs> I know. It was to give relationship no, advice. It doesn't matter if you have your own radio show right. and a microphone. You could do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, it could be bad advice. It's just all entertainment. Right. Exactly. Is well, it, that's what I, you know. know. Well, I've thought I'm, I'm always pretty good at other people's relationship problems. Absolutely. But I can't figure mine out. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm right and, there with you. And how many therapists are divorced once or twice, right? So, you got to be at least a couple to get it right. right you know, so, I, I'm married and I hope I don't ever get divorced. How old are you? Uh, I just turned 38. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. about when things get funky, though, the, from my experience. That age is when, <laughs> well, when people start changing at 35. But it depends on how long you've been together. See, this is my relationship yeah. advice. Hey, I've but, already, my life, I look at, you know, I uh, has gone up. I already had my, you know. What was the lowest of your low for your life? <sighs> shit, I'll be honest. I got DUIs mm-hmm. uh, and... I had to go to court-appointed therapy for two years, and I did this all while I was working at a Pizza Shoals. So I had to be, like, in the kitchen, and they'd be, like, trying to hand me a beer, and I'd just be like, can't, you know, make up some excuse. Uh, I didn't really tell anybody at the time, but um, I just went through a really bad breakup, worked at a bar, and got a bunch of alcohol for free, and then made a stupid choice and drove home. And went through that, and slowly but surely turn my life around i guess and so you did it slowly but surely it wasn't like i got uh, go to i had I to. to go to aa or anything like <laughs> no, that no 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 and i it's not you it know was, so it was a bad moment it wasn't a chronic problem no that, i think that sometimes people use drugs and alcohol as a crutch to deal with not feeling like shit you mm-hmm. know uh yeah of course that's, that's why we have a big problem <laughs> but, but sometimes it takes uh you know, talking with somebody else to figure that out. And I'm really thankful that I did because it changed my life and made me open up as a person and realize, you know, what am I doing? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And when was that? I'm just trying to get a feel on the chronology. Uh, that was, I probably finished all that stuff up in 2011. Okay. So that wasn't too long ago. Nope. Yeah. All right. Well, good for you. Yeah. It's good to realize that stuff. And then you can't, you can't, 
st- develop, start a business, and run a business with those kind of with those kind of problems still going on? Well, yeah, and I think you've got to have a level of confidence to own a business. You know what I mean? You've got to be able to think on your feet, fix stuff. You've got to be. You've got to do it all. So. I think you've got to have confidence that you can do this. Would you have said that three years ago before you opened the pizzeria? Would you have made that same statement or have you learned a lot that you had to learn on the fly and learn learn the hard way? So much. I thought I was going to be like, oh, five days a week and I was going to make all the dough and I was going to do it all. And that's just not a reality if I want to um, like pay bills and grow and actually not work every day of my life and I mean, I was working like 80 plus hours, you know, I was working myself into an early grave. And um, I think by opening up more and allowing people to do more quicker just made me realize that that's the way to go, you know. And Um, and delegating is one of the hardest things to do as a business owner. Yeah. Giving it up because you've got to have confidence in the people that you're working with. And then there's the... Um, I have this cynical problem and I, I don't have any large businesses and I haven't delegated much, but there's the thinking that I've got to take time to train this person that I could just be spending doing it and yeah. they better work out because if they don't, yeah, then I've just wasted all that time. Yeah. So. I've, I've discovered that the hardest thing I think about running a business is employees, but it's also the most rewarding And I think that in life, those things go hand in hand. Uh, If something isn't a lot of work, what's the point in fucking doing it? You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, I have wonderful employees. Also, like, sometimes, man, they drive me mad, you know? Um, Well, it's like family, (laughs) right? Same thing happens with family. Yeah. I have to, while you're mentioning that, I have to say, I was sitting there last night uh, enjoying my pizza, and the woman who was uh, making the pizza came by and delivered one. Oh yeah, Sarah. Sarah, and I was a, I noted she has a big happy smile on her face. She was really happy with what she was doing at the moment. It was you could see She's she, my right hand. Yeah. She actually she was the manager at a pizza shows before I was. Okay. They gave her the boot to get get me in and then she left there before I did and when I started up Red Sauce I was like I need you and she was like no 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 and I was like what does it take for you to work here? I really, I really need you. And then finally she came around. Good. Well, I will tell you, I was, it struck me last night because Brad. there was a genuine, there wasn't a crowded, it wasn't really crowded. There yeah. were probably five or six tables yeah. spread out, but she was just walking in and walked, dropped the pizza down. Right. And then after she dropped it off, she was walking back to the kitchen with that same smile, Brad. which is different than bringing it out to the table. So yeah, I was impressed with that. I thought that was nice. I think it's important to like your job. It's important to take care of your employees because they're just going to shit on you if you don't, you know, like I look back at every boss I didn't like and I'm, you know. You so. shit on them? Uh, what maybe. Was the, what was the worst thing you did to someone vindictively that you didn't like? Jeez. Not, uh, you you don't have know to what? say it if you don't want because I, I have one I that I wouldn't this. want a cop to. No, no, I'm... I'm a straightforward person. I don't care well, if you know the lowest thing I've ever also, done. But... you got a business, so you don't have to. Oh, that's okay. I did, when I was a kid, I was the manager of Vancouver Pizza Company, which is still in business now. Mm-hmm. I still know the owners. Um, uh, we closed down Paul's, the bar, down the street, and we were like, we need more alcohol. So we went back in, fired up the oven, started making all these pizzas, drinking, and my friend Kimmy, who had worked there, fell down and broke her toe inside 
And the whole summer she had to work with a broken toe. That was pretty shitty. But she didn't sue for... Uh, uh, no workers comp. Yeah, you know? workers comp. But the, <laughs> <laughs> so that was at least a positive thing. It was, didn't blame it on the restaurant. But was that vindictive or was that just a bad, stupid... That was stupid. I've never been vindictive. I think that people can justify like doing stuff if your boss doesn't take care of it. You'll stop giving a shit. You'll stop putting in that hundred oh, yeah. percent effort, you know, and I'll go further. That's why. Yeah. That's why big companies. I have a friend who's you know job at a huge company is internal investigations for stealing. Ooh. That's that's a big thing. And I look back. Someday, Court and I have been discussing this for a couple of years, but I just think it's kind of weird that he's gonna he wants to interview me. And just because cool. so I can do what you're doing and talk about you these should, things. Yeah, but I got stories. We can, you can share your vindictive stories. Maybe I'd have to think <laughs> about it. But if you put me on the spot, I All might. Right. I might share an episode you know, to come here on Right at the Fork. Yeah, like working at uh, I worked at the gas station outside of um, the first one outside of New York in Connecticut during the gas shortage, and the there was the worst employee in the world. He was such an asshole. And everybody there was about my age or maybe even a little older, having a tough time. So there was some stuff going on. That should, this is the teaser. Okay. There, there was some stuff going on there that was just nuts that everybody was I doing bet. because he was an asshole. Yeah. And and it was all he was vulnerable to it. And oh, these yeah. were before the days of any kind of checks and balances, right? Nobody, yeah. You couldn't attach anybody to anything. Yeah. It was just an open register. <laughs> so... That actually did, I, I don't, this wasn't vindictive by any means, but um, I do have a funny story of before I got hired on into Pizza Shoals, um, I was working at this place called Manja Pizza and they went out of business, you know, forever ago. They were actually only in business for like a year, but they kept talking about this, a Pizza Shoals. I had never heard of it. Um, and so I went in, I tried when they were doing this square pie. It was basically just the regular dough, thicker with some extra virgin olive oil like sicilian but maybe not quite as thick and i had had it and i was like what's the big deal about this i had never had their regular pie and i had this salad and it was just uh i didn't think it was very good so i left him a yelp review and it, it said just that you know like oh, uh, uh, and he i, I had got the job way of getting the job done yeah so I, we're sitting outside one day back door i should say brian's having a cigarette and he's like yeah i saw your yelp review and i was like <laughs> fuck dude I'd wrote that a while ago. Uh, sorry. And he was just like, just wanted you to know I know. And I was like, <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> you know, like I was fucking, I was so embarrassed. But also just like, eh, what the hell, you know? Yelp sucks now that I'm a restaurant owner, but. Well, wait, you don't see the benefit to Yelp. I don't know what your rating is, but there's gotta, it's good. There's definitely a benefit to it, Yelp. There is a benefit. You know what it is? It's, um, when I like to bitch a lot, <laughs> Yelp's an easy scapegoat. Like yeah. it's people can come in and take this stupid snap judge of your thing, but like also there's some truth to it. And I do read them. I will go to the staff if because some things I'm like, whoa, they could not make that up. I know that that was true. Mm -hmm. Um, you know they do some things even with advertising that is good. If you go to their site, you can pay them, and then you pop right up real quick, and you can get these fancy buttons and. Yeah, but that I usually hear complaints about. I'm actually thinking about it from the standpoint you're a business owner, and I've been to plenty of restaurants because of Yelp. Not necessarily yeah. in Portland. I'm not. I don't need to look at Yelp. Yeah, I never look at Yelp in Portland. But when I'm outside of Portland, I mean, if there's no eater in the city, sure, it's a tool I, to it's a, find. It's a tool, and I'm pretty to good at you know ferreting out the stupid reviews. If and 
I think there's a benefit to it as much as everybody complains about it. But I, yeah, so. I do like to do, me and my wife do dramatic readings of reviews. Oh, yeah. It's well, they had very that, fun. There was the, a um, couple of years ago, I don't know if they're still doing them, but somewhere on YouTube there were the Yelp, the. Yeah. yeah the, the, like, yeah, the chefs would read their own reviews and stuff. And, and then actors, actors yeah, read the reviews. Yeah. Those were awesome. It's hilarious. We, we actually had, we were going to do that on this, on the podcast, right? We were going to have. Everybody come in and and read their worst Yelp reviews. Yeah, yeah. And we never did it. <laughs> you should. You could clip them all together. Um, but I will say we need to get our Google reviews up. I don't. Are know you how- working on that? And do you know how to work? Do you know how to do that? I'm figuring it out. Are you on your way to figuring it out? I guess every time so. You figure something out. It's. I guess it so. Changes. What right? do you mean? Well, I mean, we're in a world where technology changes oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, so the algorithms change. It I does. Mean, look at Instagram. I- um, which is kind of crazy. I, for my Portland food adventures, uh-huh. Instagram grew by about 30 a day for a oh, couple wow. of years. And then I've been between 9,900 and 10,000, right? You want to just, I don't really care, but you, okay, I'd like to get to that 10K to lose those other zeros. Yeah, you got to give a shout out and it's thanks for, for the 10K. Five months. It just stopped. They changed the algorithm and it's just, stopped so yeah i'm gonna hit it in the next month i think but. i don't know about algorithm algorithms but i just want to be above a 4.4 you know because i see pizza, on your rating yeah because pizza jerk has a 4.5 my wife thinks i'm crazy but uh you need to be above them across the street well you know we're better than them on yelp and facebook but not on google i don't do you know think, what that means do you but, think tommy's paying as much attention to it as you are uh, just, probably not. He's got a lot of restaurants. Yeah, but, he's got, to, he's got yeah. more to pay attention to. But him. you want to know, though, it, that's why we're the neighborhood fave. You know, we got that neighborhood on lockdown. And someone gave me that advice early on. They said, you know, you can do advertising here and there and there, but you know what's going to sustain you? The neighborhood. neighborhood. Especially for pizza, man. It's oh, yeah. Easiest thing to want to order and bring yep. home. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you know you have that on lockdown? So Pizza Jerk is more of a destination restaurant uh, than Red Sauce? I think so. I eat there quite often. I mean, not like every week or anything. But you I, get the clam jam? Uh, I've had it. Last time I went in and tried the deep dish, the pan pie. I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Try that. Uh, I like their, their thin crust is way better than their pan pie. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and I'll be honest, it's the cookery of it and the dough in the oven. It's hard from going real hot. To cold to cook a you know an inch pie, and I'm sure that those guys have a hell of a time, especially when you're busy. Imagine a table gets a regular pie and a pan pie. That's why we only do it on Mondays and Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. And there's a science to those pies; they must be par baked. Um, and those are things that you learn as you go along. Mm-hmm. A lot of learning. And so, how important is it for you to appeal to a wider audience by doing a pan pizza? I wondered that because. If I like a pizza place, I think of it, I, I love Double Mountain in, yeah, great. in Hood River. Oh, yeah. And I was saying to my friend the other day, we went up that direction. I said, as soon as someone says we're going up ID4, first thing in my mind is, are we stopping at Double Mountain yeah. for a pizza? And that pizza itself just comes into my mind. If they ordered a, if they, if they developed a thick crust pan pizza, I don't. Yeah, I just well for I, me, uh, I like the pan style, and everybody's doing pan pizza now. I saw is that why DiGiorno. you're doing it. Is that why you're doing it? No, I've been doing it for almost since we opened, oh, up okay. to six months. Yeah, we've only been doing it limited one day at a time. Um, I even saw DiGiorno now has a, 
<laughs> square pan pie. One of those. Do they still uh, have Totinos? That was my first. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. of course they do. They have to. I and, had those in and every now and then. They, they have to have somewhere to to sell the little pepperoni bits to somebody. Yeah, the leftover. Right. The leftover. <laughs> I discovered a really good one at Zupan's. I'm trying to remember the n- name. I'll look it up. Uh, I love it. It's like it's a cornmeal crust. Oh, I like that. Frozen pizza. It is awesome. I'm not buying them four at a time for seven bucks a piece to <laughs> no. take back, throw them in my freezer for. No, no. You know what? I keep doing it because we keep selling them. We stop selling them, then I'll stop doing it. We'll stop doing it in the summer. We just get too busy. Um, and it's a lot of time. It takes me two days to make the pan pie. Oh, the pan pies. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Not, it's, what I was mentioning wasn't a pan pie. It's just a pie. I like it. Just so, a pie. Have see? you been to Italy to eat pizza? No. Do you want to go to Italy to eat pizza? Sure, I want to go everywhere. All right, because I, uh, I just, just had got... my first Florentine experience in Tuscany, and yeah, and man, that lucky it you. was really awesome. There was one pizza place that was recommended by my friend Ostri, and I went the first night, and somehow find a way to get back there three more times in the city with a lot of great food. Okay, that must be good good then. I love that when you go somewhere and you're like, I got to go back there. Yeah, and it was stupid because I knew there were other options, but once you know you like something, Vica del Carmine, if anybody's ever going to Florence. If I ever go to Florence, I'll ask you for some suggestions. Oh, we got those. But the uh, the other thing that they had was really good that I miss on the West Coast here is swordfish. And they're serving a lot of swordfish in Florence, which we get on the East Coast. Yeah, we don't get a lot of swordfish here. Yeah, so it was good. Um, but so there's another thing and I brought it up to Brian, I guess everybody who comes on this podcast who makes pizza, I always have to bring it up. I've heard the response, but the tough thing about as being an East coast transplant to Portland, I do love the pizza, but the prices to me are a whole different ball game. Yeah. So like the pizza I had at your place last night, which was great. It fed two men. What'd you get? Uh, small or large? Large. Okay. Right. So what's the big Hank? Is that what it is? Oh, big Hank. That's named after my yeah. dog. Yeah, you can't order a little big Hank. We had that conversation last yeah. night. If you're going to get a big Hank, he's you a big get, boy. So you get a big Hank. <laughs> but um, but so how big is that? How many inches is uh, that? It's about 17 inches. 16, okay, 17, 17 inches. inches. And I'm not criticizing you. I'm just well, asking. On the East Coast, I could get probably a 20 inch pie. Same thing. Less crust. More ingredients. For 17 bucks. So when I came here and all of a sudden pizzas, like, you know, I have a family of three and we can't just order one, we have to order two. Pizza became, with a few drinks, a $70 deal for three people. And um, for a few drinks, our, our pies are about 24 bucks. Right, but I got to get, if I have, so I'm a, I've been a family of three guys, me and my sons. Okay. We go out. You got to get two pies. You got to get two pies. So that's we're up to fifty, or maybe if you forget to get the second one as a small, but you're still up to forty bucks for the pizza, and then I have a beer and a couple of drinks. You're at a fifty, and pizza for me, yeah, on the East Coast, it still is when I go back, and we go to Modern Pizza, and it's uh, two people can go and get out of there for twenty twenty five bucks, and you're full with clam pies. Mm -hmm. So anyway, oh, so what are you actually asking me? I'm asking you, well... How, how we justify our high prices? Or? No, I'm not, because it's not high compared to anybody in Portland, but Portland Pizza, on behalf of all the pizza makers in Portland, is, and I know it's because the ingredients are fresher here. I don't know what they're buying there, but the ingredients are fresher here, and it's a little later. Like, I've been here 12 years, so maybe those well, prices are Well, and you got to look higher. at the cost of employing is much higher here. We pay a higher... Yeah, uh, I I try to get all my staff at fifteen dollars if they've been there a year. Okay, that's um, great. 
And, and by the way, that's an answer I love. That makes me, yeah. that makes it to me, that gives me the answer. It's worthwhile. Well, and not just that is, uh, you know, when you look at, I, I, I spent a lot of time on pricing and I had to raise it because the cost of cheese kept skyrocketing. And, and the cost of weed a few years ago went right up. Went way up. Too. I thought you said weed for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah flour goes up as well. I mean, um, all those things. But it's also too. You look at like pizza cotto and hot lips. I know what they put on their pizza, and they're more expensive than me. Ours are priced less than that, so it's well. So that was my first realization was pizza cotto because I yeah. would go with my kids, and holy shit, hot I'd lips, order, same thing. Well, but I'd order a large pie for twenty five bucks, and there would be literally five or six pieces of sausage on that pizza. And yeah. that was when I said, "This is just this is ridiculous." No, um, I I can justify because we're not skimpy with anything. People, right. When I read reviews like I barely had any toppings, I'm like. Bullshit, dude. We have we put more sauce and cheese than a, like a pizza shoals. We put way more than they do. We want to be a little saucier and a little naughtier. And and uh, you know the Big Hank. You can't throw out a pie named Big Hank and not have it be big and fill you up. You know, um, we use organic flours. Uh, we use the best I, ingredients that we can and justify. You I want to take you. I want. Well, I don't know if I can take you, but I want to lead you to New Haven to an Italian bomb at. Modern of Pete's, and in terms of big and filling and gluttonous, that's a gluttonous pie. Yeah. So anyway, it's like completely filled with stuff. And uh, yeah. anyway, I just, that was my first realization years ago, and I enjoy it now, but it, I don't go as often because it's not as cheap a deal. I guess I'm too It's cheap. not a cheap a deal, but, you know, if you come during happy hour, we try to do that. We give three bucks off every pie and a buck off drinks. That's good. Um, you know... I don't know. People, and again, it's not a criticism. It's just always no, a question I, in my mind. It used to be a really cheap thing, and it it feels like I I can go for dinner somewhere compared to what a pizza would be in, in Portland. Right, but I think too. How are you going to feel after you eat? You can tell how you feel by what you eat. Uh, if you want to pay for a, a cheap pizza, you're going to feel that the next day. You know what I mean? Well, I also um, like your thinner crust because you don't feel disgusting after you finish you share a pizza with yeah. somebody it's it, you feel great yeah when you walk out so. hey and i even man sometimes i looked at like uh sarah's lovely's 50 50 and that is such an art form to what she does but mm -hmm. you're paying 18 bucks for a pizza you know or 16 to 18 Civil bucks serve, right yeah same and, thing, and same thing at ken's, at ken's or right. um but it's so lovely and it's so like thoughtful yeah, no, that, you know it's, um, a, it's a different thing and believe yeah. me i'm not criticizing you and i've geared my head to it but i just put my finger on it which is i don't go for pizza as much yeah. as i would if yeah. it were a cheaper deal That's well all. and also it's too it's like we sell these have you ever had one of our ding dongs no i brought you guys one today you're in for a treat uh it's remember a ding dong from when you're a kid ring dings in the east coast they were drake's ring dings oh. so they're i know what a ring ding is hostess but... ding dongs okay. out here we're talking about a hockey puck yes type yeah. cake with Whatever right. inside. Right, but in, with ring dings, they were like, there was a really fun thing about it. They were covered in a, a beautiful square. Aluminum piece foil. Of aluminum yeah, foil. Yeah, so yeah the, old, the old ding dongs were that and way. And wrap them, yeah. and you could see if you could wrap it, uh, or fold it over in half seven times, get their oh, eyes to do all this all the time. But. Well, we, so we get those from a company called Treat in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to make our own, and then my dad for Valentine's Day. He's like, I got you this ding dong. You're going to really like it. And I'm like, whatever, dad, you know. And then I had one and it blew my mind. Uh, Is, can they call it a ding dong? Yeah, it's a ding dong. It's a, it's a, it, they call them ding dongs. Uh, but it's not a hostess. No, 
No. Oh, they can't. They're lucky. Why? Because I'm sure that's that's patented, that name, or copyrighted. It could be. Maybe they could spell it differently. Throw a Y in there or something. Yeah, okay. The dong this, ding. This blows the <laughs> ding dong out of the water. Uh, and you brought us some? I, I brought you a couple. Yeah, they, oh, ma- they make our ding dongs. But do you, you're going to flip your shit when I tell you how much we sell these for. How much? Let me see. And I haven't flipped my shit. Have you flipped your shit in a long time? Not recently. Yeah. It's been, been, oh, see, there's oh, the aluminum that. foil. The this, is, of that, man. this is authentic. Yeah. That, and, it's, and you must have been happy when I mentioned the aluminum foil, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So, have a look at this. This is great. All right. So we, we, you know, we don't do food on the podcast. for <laughs> we, we do. But one of the reasons is we thought. You don't descri- do food? What do you mean? Well, we just thought eating on, a, oh, on, a, right, on right, an right. audio Nobody wants to hear you. No one wants to hear it, and nobody wants to. This looks awesome, dude. They are awesome. Uh, We sell those in house for six bucks, and we sell out of them every week. And I can see that because it's a treat. Think about you know you think about Blue Star and those kind of things. What they cost? If you're having something like Blue, Blue well, but I'm just saying cost wise. So you can justify this because this is. Hey, a lot of places dessert for six bucks. That's great. That's a great deal. And yeah, that's true. And you can grab this and take this with you, and it's easy to eat. And you know what else? You don't have to share it with anybody. Right. You can take it with you and just <laughs> take it into your own room and like not have to Get share it. Get a large it. cup of milk and go to town. Milk. Got to have- You got to have milk. And whole milk, which I, you know, I started doing not too long ago. I went back to whole milk. It's great. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about um, owning a uh, business as a woman. Yes. And in this day and age. And Court <laughs> and I have, you know, touching on all the things that are going on right now. We've generally discussed we feel a little uncomfortable about it because we're white guys. No one wants to hear what we think, (laughs) especially. Yeah, we're done with what you guys think. Exactly. But I certainly want to hear what you think. Uh, I mean, that's a general question, but have you run across any particular challenges as a a business owner? Are there things you could tell anybody who's considering it that they should keep in mind that you've busted through? Um, you know, for me, I feel like I'm not taken seriously as much as I should. I have probably more pizza experience than almost anyone in this town. I've been making pizza for over 20 years. And I don't know if that's because we're across the street from Pizza Jerk and and all that, but I don't feel like we're taken seriously. I think that, um, you know being a minority you always have to do a little something extra to get where you are because you don't have that advantage um and so why do you what are what uh have you seen that leads you to believe that you're not taken seriously uh what were the moments that said hey well we're just not included in any top pizzerias and and they'll have someone else on there and i just feel like that sarah is minnick at lovely's 50 50 i generally see them on the list yeah and that holds true. That's definitely one of the top, you know, 10 pizzas in town. But you can't tell me you're going to put Pizza Jerk on that list and not include us. It's just, oh, come I like, on. I like this conversation. No, no. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I've called out certain writers. They've never responded. I guarantee you they'd respond to Tommy or Brian or yeah. or anybody else. But you can throw me in with the best of them on any day. And, like, that's why I have my own business because... um I'm a pizza machine. That's what I love to do. I love making pizzas, and I'm really, really good at it. I like that. I'm so bad at taking notes. I'm actually taking that note. 
Because I that was a, that was something I should note. You're a pizza machine. I'm a pizza machine. When I you know the day I walked into a pizza shoals for the job, uh, Kim Brian's wife was like, "You're too short. You can't run the ovens. No way. You're I, too short." Yeah, I was the first person to actually be able to uh, be on the ovens, touch the dough, and do everything. Like I did everything, and to the point where Brian wasn't even needed in the kitchen anymore. You know, and I think at some point you outgrow a job and then you leave it. And, you know, sometimes, too, when you have somebody who's can run your place, it's hard to be a manager, but you're not an owner. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if people have talked about that before. Well, and, you're not invested in it the same way. Yeah, but it is almost like I was invested too much and I wasn't the owner. And so I needed to take a step back or move on and stuff like that. And and uh, that, you know, I didn't leave there thinking I was going to open up a pizzeria. And how long after you left there did you open Red Sauce? Uh, I worked for New Seasons for two years or a year and a half. And about a year into it, I was like, I cannot work here anymore. I'm opening up a pizzeria. Started my journey. And how? Do, how what was the start of that journey? What did you have to put in place? Uh, and did you have a harder time putting all that together as a woman? Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, you're going to start a pizzeria? Sure. Sure. And who's, uh, that, who's everybody? Everybody, banks? Are we uh, yeah, banks I didn't get any loan from banks. They all denied me. Uh, I got a, I got um, a loan from Mercy Corps. I took a class there. I even told the teacher, yeah, I'm going to start a pizzeria. And he was like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, and then I was like, no, I worked for Pizza Shoals for four years. And he was like, oh, now I'll take you seriously. And then I actually, to get my loan, did all my paperwork, took all the classes. They were still like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to go actually... Get approved for my loan. I brought them pizza, and that sealed the deal. Well, that's a nice. That's a good opportunity yeah. that you have in the food business to say, "Here it is." Like, like on Shark Tank, they always bring yeah. them something. Try the. Oh, well, if you can't make the food, then they're not going to give you the money. Yeah, and- but the problem with pizza is if you bring it to them, not fresh out of the oven, it's never at its best, highest state. No, but if they still enjoy, I think you know you're onto something. You, you know, go. especially. Yeah. You know, if they consider themselves a foodie or whatever, know know what good food is. And so, when you opened, did you feel like you still were climbing an uphill battle, and um, where the, you, you didn't know that? You, yeah, you can't know at any given time that you're going to stay in business because I was nervous this, with Pizza Jerk being across the street. You I mean, know, uh, who, I who was first? We opened first. My like, who had the least first? Who who had the information first? Who learned? That the other guy, the other one we was going We both did. He came up to the meat counter and was telling me, I'm opening up a pizzeria. I was like, oh, cool, where? And he said, oh, the old Magoo's building. And I did, I was like, the old Magoo's building, where is that? And I was like, oh, well, I'm buying Bob's Rocket. And we both looked at each other and I think our faces went blank. Right. And he said, we should talk. So we exchanged so numbers. So it was literally in the same minute that you both learned you yes. were opening. Oh, that's Well, I think he knew how far away, how close we were. I didn't. So I was like, Magoo's, Magoo's, where's that? And then I... I like got on my phone and looked on Google and I was like, shit, can you see it from the building, you know? <laughs> so I go over and I met with Tommy and Brandon, one of his partners, and they were like, can, do you think we can have a pizzeria across from a pizzeria? And I said, I don't care what you guys make. I'm making pizza. You should make pizza. Let's do this. Yeah, talk to Starbucks. They have Starbucks across <laughs> from Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Yeah, so, it works. So that's, really, that's awesome that you guys learned in the same <laughs> sentence. That you kind were, of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was shit my pants. I went into a place that was the worst kitchen nightmares you can imagine. Uh, cleaned up a rat infestation. I mean, it was 
How long had it been empty? It wasn't empty. Oh, it was still. It, they in were that still state. serving. I had to clean <laughs> out worse. their. Even worse. I had to clean out their food. They were supposed to. They still had their lines full of pizza shit. You know. Oh man. Uh, it was a whole rigmarole, but it it was. I think it took us three months, and I was like, we have to get open before them. That's that's the deciding factor. We will open the doors before them. That's. Well, that would have been an awesome TV show. Oh yeah. Right. Pizza Wars. Back, well, yeah. Three. Yeah, that just, would be cool. F- just. Filming for three months back and forth to see who's going to get open first, what your issues were, <laughs> what you were worried about, what, you know, all the things that didn't have to do with one another, too. You got yeah, all those yeah. things. It wasn't all about Pizza Jerk. It was, hey, we got yeah. to open and sustain. Oh, yeah. I had to figure out how I was going to do this with no money, you know? Right. Like, that's tough. Maybe 10 years ago, that would have been easier. But now, more is on the line. Minimum wage is going up. Mm-hmm. So, when you say you want to get everybody to 15 bucks after a year, um, in a few years, that's probably, if you want to be above market, yeah. you're going to have to be getting people to 18 bucks. And that's really the big issue with the minimum wage. It's not so much the minimum wage, it's all the people who were making four yeah. or five, seven bucks an hour more than the minimum wage. How do you, how do you justify moving everybody up? Well, I've talked to that too about Scotty because he's, we were good buds, Scotty's Pizza. And he starts everyone out at the gate at fifteen dollars. I'm like, you can't do that, dude. He was and, on the podcast, and I didn't really understand exactly how he. And he's offering benefits and all that. He's figuring out how to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, I'm not open as much as him, but um, you can't do all that too soon. I can't pay somebody fifteen dollars at the gate if they don't know how to cook and stretch a pizza. Right. You know, if you can come in with some skills, I'll pay you fifteen dollars. But that's the problem is uh, that we've talked about is he'll have so and so that's, you know, they can do it all, and then somebody else who's just coming in and they're both getting paid the same, and this person's saying, "Hey, what the hell? Yeah, how do you how do you do that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it in the future. I just know about now, but I you know. With costs going up, right? So it's more expensive for you in, just as a human to live in Portland. And, yeah. Um, but then rents may be going up. So there's all sorts of issues that didn't come into play five, no. ten years ago in no, terms of keeping a restaurant open. It's a hustle. Owning a restaurant is you're a hustler. <laughs> you know, you're- so do you ever see yourself just pulling a lot of money out there, being able to travel and have a good life as a as a pizza shop owner. And I think so. A good life is relative, but I'm just saying do some of the things that a lot of people like to do that that uh, the luxuries that are afforded when business is doing well. Uh yeah, you know, we're into and I think this is general for restaurants the slowest two months that we're going to have in the year. January and February. Our slowest two months. I don't know if that's a common thing, but I would guess to say yes. I would uh, th- I would think because of this Football and all that, it might be better. Uh, football, you get shitty cheap pizza delivered. Okay. And we're more, although we do do a lot of takeout, uh, you know, we have a whole dining room and that's our bread and butter. We do table service. Right. You know, you get that something extra, which everybody now is doing counter service, which I like for lunch, but for dinner, I, I want to sit down and I want you to bring me another beer, you yeah. know, and you'll sell more beer. But also you got a nice, you got a pretty hefty population nearby who can do takeout. Was yeah, we're about 50-50. My friend I was hanging out with all weekend, I happened to walk in, I had mentioned, I think I may go to Red Sauce, and I came back a few hours later, and he was there getting a oh, takeout right, pizza. Right. So, um, but so that, and he's from the neighborhood, six blocks away. I wish, and I said to my son, we're in Southwest, 
Oh, okay. I got nowhere to go. Well, there's taste buds. Taste bud. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But it's also crowded. And if Very, you don't want to deal with that. And better, way better if you're there. You know, you can yes. have a wonderful salad. I mean. And I don't want to wait in line that long. It's not. Yeah. I'm just complaining about that. But I do have a place out in Manzanita that I love, Marzano's, that had to close their dining room because they can't get enough employees to pay. So they're only yeah. takeout now. Interesting. And that's it. They just live on takeout. And it's that window is busy. I bet. And, yeah. you know, this is the thing is I you're always going to have those scary months and we've had them. But you have to be able to know how to scale your restaurant back. And if that were the case, that's what we would do. So know? are there any, without giving away things that you you don't want to do for free, because you'd like to be, as you, as you get experience, you'd like to be paid for your knowledge. But are there any general things that you've learned that, that other restaurants might benefit from, how to scale back and make things work a little better and smoother and, and oh, yeah. more profitably? Yeah, I think um, just getting my employees to know every position, cross-training, um, stuff like that, or be able to fix things yourself. I fix all the stuff on the oven basically myself. If I screw it up, then I'll call the professionals. Um, but like with our oven, for instance, the connections, because we're running it so hot and it's electric, pop off all the time. So learn how to crimp a wire, learn how to change a fuse, you know, learn the schematics of your oven or learn plumbing, that kind of small detailed things, know to hit your breaker off, you know. Um, but you've got to train everybody to do everything so that the person in the kitchen can ring somebody up at the counter and you don't have to grab so-and-so, you know, and that then they can wash their hands and come back to the kitchen, you know, those type of things. Well, those are the kind of things that super bite now that they're closed, but they were experimenting with everybody knowing how to do everything mm-hmm. at, a, at a pretty high-end restaurant. Yeah. And but so that's not there any longer. And I don't know if Bistro Agnes is going to use that same model. I don't know, but it's almost in any business. I met a guy doing a uh, bed and breakfast out in Joseph uh, Enterprise, Oregon, and yeah. he said the only way to do this is for me to be a jack of all trades because otherwise to. there's just no way. Yeah, you you have to. Um, and that's not something you think about when you want to become you know a chef or uh, in the food business that you're also going to be a plumber. Yeah. And I'm not really a chef, you know, like I'm a baker. I know how to bake. I learned how to bake sourdough from Brian. I love baking bread. I love making pizza and sandwiches and all that stuff. But, and I do enjoy cooking, but I kind of think that I'm just, um, that's not a good chef. Doesn't make a good owner. (laughs) Oh, that's for sure. That's not, and when, when an owner doesn't know how to make the food, there's all these kinds of disconnects. Like I would never, want somebody to invest in my restaurant. I couldn't, I could maybe, I have a future endeavor that I might have a partner in that I've been discussing, but I would never, um, that's just not the kind of place I want to run. Right. You know? So what did you, we never got to it and I wanted to talk about it. You grew up in this area. Yeah. Because obviously you said when you were younger, you were working in a pizzeria in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. What were some of your youngest food memories in this city? Did, uh, or were you eating home a lot? What, uh, what did that look like? I will say my earliest pizza memories, we had choir concerts at Uncle Milt's Pizza in Vancouver. And there was this big pizza organ that let out bubbles and Pink Panther would come and dance around. You could get your bowl of salad in your wooden bowl and make it up for yourself with the little crispy wontons on top and sesame seeds. And I love that. And you could get a $6 large pepperoni pie. 
And sometimes I would skip school and just go there. I was skipping school to listen to baseball games. She was skipping school. There you go. I was doing other stuff when I was skipping school too. But uh, the Uncle Milt, it was just such a Pink Panther and the bubbles. And it was like, what is this place? And now it's a Lord's Gym. Oh, well, but it sounds like a precursor to a Chuck E. Cheese's or something. something Yeah. Yeah. But that's cool. So um, uh, do you get out a lot in Portland? Oh, yeah. And so what are your favorite places to mange you? My favorite breakfast spot is the Big Egg. I love those ladies, Gail and Denise. They're amazing. You should have them on the show if you haven't. Okay. They're pretty cool. They are only open and they make all the food and they, like, who does that anymore? You know, like, they don't, they have, like, two people run the counter, but I just think that that's remarkable. Okay. I know Christina Um, at Atala, that's one of her favorite spots. Oh, yeah. She's mentioned that to me. She's, Christina's a good person. Oh, yeah. Um, what else is my favorite? Uh, I'm good friends with Mel from Pastrami Zombie and Sandwich just opened up. I love that spot. We had her on this podcast episode somewhere a hundred something. (laughs) Just slightly. She's my bud. Um, what else is my favorite? Uh, I love East Gleason Pizza's lasagna. That Sunday lasagna is dynamite. They should do that every day. Nice. Good to know about. Thanks for that. The lasagna is the best thing on the menu. It blows their pizza out of the water. Do you have a place that you like to go just for uh, lasagna? Is great suggestion, but great Italian food in Portland. Is there are you into that? Um, I would say Three Doors Down has got to be my. There's a good. See, that sounds. They're very well priced, you know, and you can go in there and not break the bank. The service is impeccable. The food is just delightful. You know, I just sometimes I like. I'm like, wow, somebody really just. This is amazing. Oh, I shouldn't say that word. I so forgot. It's at the end. We could just buzz her right now. And you can we're done. plug in a word. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually, you know, we stopped making a big deal out of it, but we just asked people to check I themselves. I think it's funny. I check myself. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, and I appreciate that you even did. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be in to get a white clam pizza. You got to give point. me a heads up. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, I got you. And I'm going to hope that you give it a shot because... My feeling is no one's ever really given it a, a real whirl in Portland because it's hard. People don't. Yeah. We used to do it at Shoals, and then Brian used to get pissed because people yeah. wouldn't come get it. It's I, like you know, I really like Brian, and I love a pizza Shoals. I just don't. That's not my. That's not what I consider. Shells on a pizza don't work for me. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and then everyone's like, "Why do we have these bullshit shells?" Yeah. So, um, but he's got his reasons. I mean, he's yeah. I'm not going to argue with Brian, but my personal. I just have reasons for not liking shells on pies. So. Yeah. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. For, and I'm entitled <laughs> to spend my money how I want to spend it. So, Absolutely. So if you'll make one without shells, I'll be... Yeah. That, honestly, that sounds fun. Great. So in the next in the next while, as a matter of fact, let's do it, Court, before this um, episode runs uh, so yeah. that I can we can re-record or record an intro and have an update. Perfect. I don't think anybody's really going to be sitting here waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Or had been, right? Ma, I will be. Right. But this is the be. end of the... They will have yeah. already heard it. Right. So True. they're not waiting now. We're not teasing <laughs> it. So anyway, Char, thanks so much for coming by. It was my pleasure. On MLK Day. Yeah. MLK mean anything to you? Uh, absolutely. Was, I think that you have to stand up for what's not right. And you have to be a part of a community and stick up for others. And um, Black Lives Matter. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm thinking this holiday has more meaning now in the last yeah. couple of years than 
It has for years. And I'm guilty of not paying enough attention to it. Well, I think, too, as restaurants have this, we do a lot of fundraising. And what we'll do is we'll say, hey, we'll give this organization, this nonprofit, this cause 20 percent of our sales. And we have done it so many times and it's always successful. And what it says is that, you know, we care about this cause. We care about what you're doing and we want to give you a portion of our money to support your cause. And um, you have that power. You have that, you know, being a restaurant owner is a privilege and you've got to use that in a positive way. And I think I think a lot of people in Portland do that. They do. We not, have not to generalize at all, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about our This is a special group right. of people. I know that being a sh- it's all like people can have egos and who's the best, but uh man, I've met a good group of people. Yeah, there's um, a lot of altruism. Yeah, I feel very here. very fortunate. So, before we go, your Instagram, whatever whatever you want to uh let us know to drive people to your website, to your store, everything, address, everything. Mm-hmm. Let's give it up. Give it a sure. Uh, we are Red Sauce Pizza, located at 4935 Northeast 42nd Avenue. Um, in, our, a, in a growing neighborhood for food, for whew. sure. It's Wait till next summer. Absolutely. After next summer, it's going to be like crazy. I think it's going to be great for you. But anyway, oh, it, not it, to interrupt it, you there. No, it is. Um, currently, we're open every day, uh, 4.30 to 9. And then on Friday, we're open until 9.30 we do lunch on Fridays from 1130 to 2.30, and come March, we're going to do lunch Wednesday through Sundays. Cool. And your Instagram is Red Sauce? Red Sauce Pizza. Oh, no, PDX. Good. Nah. All right. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Our pleasure. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at rightatthefork.com. 